effort where I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to make it my point to actually give Him thanks. I devote myself to prayer. I devote myself to being alert at what's happening around me. And I devote myself to be thankful. I think the writer of Colossians is making a point because then he says it a third time. Colossians 2, 6-7. to So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Don't forget what you were taught. Hold on to that teaching. And overflowing with thankfulness. Don't be miserly when it comes to giving Him praise. Come on, we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's give Him more than an occasional thank you here and then. Let's say, Father, bless the Lord all my soul. I thank you. You know, the psalmist says, He healed all of my diseases. He forgives all of my uh, my, my transgressions. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things. Let's be generous in our gift to Him, shall we? Hallelujah. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord, not sometimes, anybody. Always, at all times. He says, I will say it again, rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Even when it looks like we're having a rotten day. Father, I thank you for this rotten day because it's not meant to be my portion. Because you say, I have come that you may have life and have it in all of its abundance. So when my day looks like it's going pear shape, I say, I thank you. For I give you the praise, I give you the thanks in all circumstances. The scripture goes on to say, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants us to be thankful. He wants us to be joyful in in ourselves, on the inner man. Not just the attitude of gratitude, but let's give that attitude a voice. Lord, I will extol your name. The psalmist says, I will sing praises to him. Hallelujah. Give thanks in all circumstances. Hallelujah. Francis Frangipane says, when we start praising God, we actually start ascending spiritually into God's presence. And if he says he inhabits the praises of his people, that means if I'm praising him right now, he's here. I may as well be up there because where he is, I am, that's heaven for me. Let's start praising God. When we go through a difficult time, let's get people around us. If there's nobody around us, you start praising Him all by yourself and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I can't see, you know, I can't see no rhyme, no reason. I can't see a solution. But I thank you that you're real. I thank you that your promises are yes and an amen. I thank you that you are the God of breakthrough. And right now, I can't see a way out. But I thank you that you're the one who makes the way where there seems to be no way. We're talking about power of praise. Thankfulness brings us to praise. Praise flows from a thankful heart. Praise is a form of prayer. Ever felt when you're in a meeting and nothing seems to be shifting and then suddenly one person starts praising God and it's almost like heaven's come in your midst. Anybody anybody ever sensed that? It is phenomenal, isn't it? All of a sudden the atmosphere changes and you think, hang on, nothing was happening and all of a sudden it's like this room's caught fire. Why? Because we start praising God. What does praise do? It takes the focus off yourself and puts the focus on Jesus. He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all mankind unto me. When we're going through a difficult time, let's say, Father, we praise you. Why? Because you deserve all the glory. You're the one who's the glory and the lifter of my head. Power of praise. Let's have a look at this. Point one, praise brings presence. Psalms 104 to 5 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise His name for the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues from all generations. 
In other words, for my daddy, for me, for my son, his son, his grandson. He might go, eeks, he's talking about my kids. But the Bible says, to all generations. In other words, he's a faithful God. I can praise him knowing this. So that scripture says, praise brings you into God's presence and praise brings God's presence to you. Second point, praise releases the prophetic. I love this passage. It's from 2 Kings 3. And it talks about how the king of Moab revolts against the king of Israel. And is coming against him in battle. And the king of Israel, he's looking for allies around him. And he goes to the king of Judah, which is Jehoshaphat. And he also goes to the king of Edom. And the three of them, they start going to try and find a solution. It says, as they made seven days worth of journey, they find themselves in this place where there's no water left. And they don't know what to do. And it says that there's no water, neither for the army nor for the animals. And people are flummoxed. What are we going to do now? We've been traveling for seven days. That means we're going to have to go back seven days before we get a drop of water. Jehoshaphat says, listen, there's got to be somebody over here who's a servant of God. Call him. And somebody says, actually, there's Elisha over here. He says, call him. And Elisha comes, doesn't he? And he says, listen, I don't care for any one of you, but because of Jehoshaphat, yes, I'll listen to you. What is it you want? And he said, we want to hear what God has to say. The first thing Elisha says in verse 15, he says, now bring me a harpist. And he says, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. You know, sometimes when we're going through a difficult point and we cannot hear or seem to hear what God's saying, it is good to put aside everything and say, Father, we're just going to spend time worshiping you. We don't want to know anything. Yes, we're going through a difficult situation, and it may be hard to do this, but it's not impossible. Let's allow ourselves to put aside our agenda and say, Father, all we want to do is say, Lord, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then see God start working miracles because he says, you know what? You put me first. Now let me show you what I can do. Sadly, so often we put the problem before God, isn't it? And God takes a back seat. Let's give him the front seat in our lives. Elisha says, come on, bring me a harpist. The Bible says, as the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. I'll repeat the scripture again, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15 to 19 is the key thing. And revelation comes. That's where the prophetic starts coming into being. And Elisha starts prophesying. He said, this is what God's saying. I want you to start digging ditches all around this place. And God's saying, I'm going to fill it with water. You won't see no rain. There'll be no rainwater coming. There'll be no rivers there. But supernaturally, you're going to see me bring a breakthrough because you need water. And I'm going to fill these mounds with water. And all of you can satisfy your thirst and quench it. And as they dug the mound, the next morning there was water over there. But it says in verse 18, this is an easy thing. In the eyes of the Lord, he will also deliver you out of the hands of Moab. You know, when we start asking God for a breakthrough, it's phenomenal because his breakthrough comes in waves. He doesn't just solve one situation. He starts going on breakthrough. The thing about breaking through is it's not just one little crack. He smashes through your situation. And if you haven't experienced him in your life doing that yet, let me tell you, now is not too late. We serve a supernatural God. He's phenomenal. And I can say this because of his faithfulness in my life over and over and over and over again. He says, he will deliver Moab into your hands and you will overthrow every fortified city, every major town. Let me bring that into our context in today's life. You may be going through a situation that it feels like a Goliath. You may be going through a situation that feels like you're hitting a brick wall. Let me encourage you. He will help you overcome every fortified city. He will make you victorious over every situation, no matter what it is. Just say, Lord, we need you in our lives right now. Not tomorrow. Not when we go home. If you're going through a difficult time, now's a good time as any. Even while I'm speaking, say, Lord Jesus, I need you. 
Would you please come into my life, into my circumstance, into my family, into my children, into my life? Hallelujah. If you read the rest of that passage, it says there's another miracle that takes place. At sunrise the next day, when the sun's reflecting, isn't it? It's beautiful how the Bible portrays it. The army of Moab wake up and they see the water filled, the, you know, the ground shimmering. And it looks like it's all red with blood. It's amazing how God can blind you and you think you know something else, but it's actually completely different. And they start panicking. And God gives the army of Israel victory. Why? Because he's tricked the enemy. He's the God who opens doors that no man can shut. He's the God who shuts doors that no man can open. He's the God who makes ways where there seems to be no way. He's the one who calls things into being as though they are, even though they're not yet. Let's start praising Him no matter what the situation. So we've read, praise brings presence. Number two, praise releases the prophetic. Why? When we start praising God, it changes the atmosphere and it opens up for revelation gifts. Hallelujah. Number three, praise brings protection. Slash power. I've shared about this in the past about King Jehoshaphat. It's one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. It talks about the Ammonites, the Moabites, people from Mount Seir. At least three, maybe four armies come against King Jehoshaphat, and there's panic all around. People don't know what to do. What does he do? He keeps his focus on God. He says, "Listen, I don't know what to do." Verse three says, "Alarmed, Jehoshaphat ordered a fast in the nation." I love that passage. Why? Because he's saying, "There's no way we can fix this." There's no point denying the situation. He's staring us right in the face. But you know what? Let's go to the one who can give us rescue, who can give us salvation, who can give us deliverance, who can make a way because right now I can't see no way. I mean, I've joked about it in the past. If I was the king, I ain't sorry to say I'd be looking for the nearest exit. I said, you can deal with it. I'm off. This guy says, we have a predicament. We can't run off like this. Sometimes we face problems in our family, don't we? It's affecting all of us. You can't say, let's just run away from here. The problem with problems is they always follow you wherever you go. You're going to have to take stock and say, we're going to deal with this, and then we're going to move forward. Otherwise, all you're doing is swapping one problem for the next. Jehoshaphat says, we're going to praise God. We're going to seek his face, seek his counsel. And I love the passage. As you read it, he starts praising God. The whole nation together, united with one heart, one mind, one aim, they start praising God. And as they praise God, the Bible talks about the Spirit of God came upon a lever, and he stands up and starts prophesying to them. And he tells them what they need to do. It releases the prophetic and it brings power and protection. He says, listen, the battle isn't yours, it's God's. He was the one who's going to make you breakthrough. After that's happened, let's read from verse 21 onwards. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. I actually put a little note over there saying, if I was in that army, I would have refused to play my guitar at the head of the army. That's how the human mind thinks. But Jehoshaphat recognized that when we put God first, when we start praising Him, He is the one who brings breakthrough. And it says, He put His singers ahead of the army, giving God thanks, as they began to sing and praise. Verse 22, The Lord, not Jehoshaphat, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading. And Judah. They were invading Judah, pardon me. And they were defeated. They didn't have to do anything. They did one thing, which was seek his face. Sometimes when we're going through a difficult situation and there seems to be no way out, the easiest and the best thing is going to be, Lord, we seek your face. What are you saying in this situation? When you're going through that whirlwind, just hunker down and say, Lord, I'm holding on to you. It may take everything that you got inside of you, but hold on with everything. 
and say, Lord, our trust is on you. We thank you that this moment will pass, but while we're going through it, we trust in your grace. We trust in your protection. Praise brings protection and power. Before I bring it to a close, let me just bring your focus to a good passage in the Bible. It's from Acts chapter 16. And it talks about Paul and Silas are out there preaching. And as they're out there preaching, and they were going to a place of prayer, verse 16 onwards of Acts chapter 16, it says, We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. And she followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. Verse 18, Finally, Paul became so annoyed, he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. Obviously, it was a good thing, but the predicament they had for the owners was they were making money for her because, you know, it's a good lottery system. If I had somebody who can tell everybody the fortune and tell everybody the future, they'd come to me. Obviously, there's a loss over here, and because of that, they start accusing Paul and Silas. And then we have a look from verse 22 onwards. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged or whipped, they were thrown into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, and then he fastened their feet in stocks. You know, to talk about adding insult to injury. First you get them stripped publicly. That's humiliating enough. Then you have them whacked and beaten with sticks. And then you have them flogged. And then you have them arrested, sent into jail. They say, listen, I don't think this is even good enough. Let me put you down in the dungeon. Where probably it was wet, it was damp. There were probably, you know, all sorts of elements over there. There was probably rats and rodents. It's not a pleasant place to be. And then he says, listen, even now I'm not happy. I'm going to put your hands and feet in stocks. Now, if that isn't the reason to feel sorry for yourself, I don't know what is. But the Bible says that's not the way they talked about it. Verse 25 says, about midnight. God knows I'm telling the truth. Come half nine, I start telling my wife, it's already half ten. She said, what do you mean? That says half nine. I said, it feels like half ten, I'm going to bed. But these guys, after beating everything, at midnight, your lowest hour, it says, and Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I'm sure they deserve the rest. I'm sure they deserve to let a bit of a recharge in downtime. But they say, you know what? No, we're going to praise God. No matter what the situation looks to us. And the other prisoners was listening to him. Let me just add something over here. When we start praising God in a situation that looks impossible, you attract attention from other people. And when God brings a breakthrough, people notice that breakthrough. Hallelujah. And it says, while they were praising God and singing praises and singing hymns, a violent earthquake came and the foundations of prison were shaken at once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose now i find this quite interesting not just paul and silas's everybody who was in that predicament their shackles were broken let's sum it up it doesn't matter what your situations are what your circumstances are the moment you begin to thank god even though your situation hasn't yet changed you start beginning to change and he said, Father, I thank you. I'm trusting in you. I'm putting my hope in you. Why? Because Romans says, hope make it not ashamed. Hallelujah. The key that unlocks the gate of heaven is a thankful heart. When we have an attitude of thanksgiving, it does something to God's heart. I believe it blesses his heart. Why? Because we're recognizing God's goodness, aren't we? Entrance into the court of God 
comes as you simply begin to praise the Lord, the King of Kings. How do we leave this place? Let me give you an application. Let's make a conscious decision to commit to an attitude of gratitude. No matter which side of the bed we wake up from, let's say, Father, I thank you. Today was the wrong side, but I thank you, Lord, for all of your goodness. Let's make praise a daily part of our prayer life. You know, when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. He didn't say, give him a shopping list. He said, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Father, we glorify your name. We thank you. We extol you. We honor you. We give you praise and all the honor and glory because you are due for it. Then we say, have your way. Let's put him first. Let's make it our prayer life. Praise God because he is worthy. He's worthy of all our praise. Praise God because he is the context of our warfare prayer. You know, when you go into spiritual warfare, start lifting him up first. It's phenomenal because then he says, listen, I am the God of breakthrough. Praise releases victory or salvation in our lives and in the world around us. Let me leave you with a powerful scripture. Psalms 149 verse 6. It says, may the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. In other words, it's like a two-edged sword. No matter what you're going through, when you hold on to God's praise, it's like something that cuts both ways, doesn't it? The Lord bless you. Amen.